0: Hey, y'all, this is Mallory Irvin, and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best, and that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Fully podcast. I am your host, Mallory Irvin, and I'm so excited to be here today with Beth McCord. And I am so excited to introduce and bring the topic of Enneagrams to you guys today. I would like to thank my sponsor of this podcast, Smart Cups. Smart Cups is the most amazing energy drink. You literally pour water into a plastic cup that has an energy drink printed on the bottom, basically. It sounds amazing. You have to try it. SmartCups.com. Enter the code Mallory20 for a discount. So I want Beth to introduce herself because she's really something in this space, and I'm feeling, you know, super lucky to have her on this podcast today. So Beth, I'll just let you go with all your stats here,
1: my friend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So as you said, I'm Beth McCord and I have been married to Jeff for 24 years. We have two kids, 19 and 21, live outside of Nashville, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and I have been using the Instagram for the last 20 years. And I have professionally been doing your Enneagram coach, which is the business we own for the last three and a half years. And, and so your we
0: Instagram account too. I want to
1: make sure that we yes. put that out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And this last year has actually been a really big year. We will, by the end of December have released 10 books this year. One is a marriage book called becoming us. And then we have nine other books in the Enneagram collection which is one for each of the nine personality types and a deep dive into their personality type in a journal-like format. So there's 21 days to Amazing. learn more about your type. And we've released other courses and things like that through your EnneagramCoach.com. But yeah, we're just trying to get out as much information as we can you are succeeding at that. (laughs) Yeah. And so this year's just been a big year and it's just a popular topic right now. And so we're excited to get all that stuff out there,
0: which is cool because and I'm going to have you tell a little bit about your story maybe in a minute, but you know, I dove into your content and I learned that you have been doing this for like 15 years talking about the Enneagram.
1: Am I right in that number? Yeah. I mean, I've been studying for 20, but yeah, I mean more as an active approach. Yeah. 15. Yes.
0: So, you know, the Enneagram, just me. And I'm in this, this space as like an influencer and online personality where I hear what people are talking about. And last year, all everybody was talking about was the Enneagram. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny how, you know, I am in the self help, the, you know, this type of space, everyone Mm -hmm. is wanting to better their lives. And, you know, my Mm -hmm. whole brand is called living fully and to live fully. That that is truly my passion. And the reason that I wanted to do this podcast today was think of the so many personality tests out there. And the, you know, I can remember, I'm sure you can too. How many times do we take the Mm Myers-Briggs? How many times do you take all of these tests that tell you who you are? Here's the job you're supposed to have. I can still like remember back in high school and grade school being like coming home and saying, this is What I'm supposed to be, mom. You know, it labels people in a way. Yes. I love the Enneagram because it tells us why we do the things we do, why we react the way that we do. And I want you to just explain in general because I know there are some people that are going to be listening to this podcast today who are like, what the heck are you talking about? What is that word? Yes. Even, what is an Enneagram? Is it a food? Like a a test, is it a book? So can you tell us, you know, in very basic terms, what is the Enneagram? And then I would love to go into the nine types that like after we talk about the Enneagram, what they are as well. So
1: absolutely. Yeah. So the Enneagram, Enneagram is Greek. India means nine and gram means drawing. And I know that your listeners can't see it, but if they were to see the symbol, it's a nine pointed star Mm -hmm. and it represents the nine basic personality types. And actually it really shows you the nine valid perspectives that we see the world. So you are a different personality than I am. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're wearing green glasses and I'm wearing purple glasses. I love that analogy. It is, it's so good because when we go through life, we think everyone sees the world the same way we do. So we get annoyed by them or hurt or agitated. It's like, why are they doing that? Or why did they think that? Or why did they say that? And because we think that they should have done it our way. Yeah, so so true. And so we get in these relationship, either spats or disagreements or frustrations. But if we realize, oh, you see the world completely differently than I do, or you get tripped up differently, or you have strengths that are maybe my weaknesses or vice versa. What the Enneagram helps us to do is one, it first helps us to understand why we think, feel, and behave in particular ways, but it also helps us to have compassion, empathy, understanding, grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness towards others and ourselves. Yeah. It's really impactful because now I can go, oh, you reacted to that this way, because that's how you see the world. Or that's how you react to the world. And that doesn't mean everyone can then go do whatever they want. Obviously we want to relate well to one another and we don't want to excuse, you know, bad behavior or bad relationship styles. So it's not a way to excuse ourselves. Like, well, I'm just a type nine. That's just right, the way it right. is. That doesn't help relationships. We're not trying to use it as a shield or a sword. And we have to be I very careful. That. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh.
0: You explain your, I mean, doing it for 20 years. I'm sure you really, really, <laughs> the way that you well, explain this content, but you, I love
1: yeah, that. We want to be very careful how we use this. Cause this is the most exposed you're ever going to be. It's kind of okay. like, you know, when you have one of those nightmares and you wake up and you have a final that day and you go to school and you like, don't have pants on. Yes. I very well. Oh know my gosh. That, <laughs> that nightmare. Well, <laughs> that is kind of how the Enneagram is. It really reveals your highs, your strengths, and your lows. So it's a non-judgmental friend that's just going to say it like it is. And that can be really cool when you're looking at the strengths, but it can be super hard because you feel very exposed when your weaknesses are laid before everyone. Wow. So yeah, we and here, use we, here it we go. Very, yeah, we want to use it very carefully with others. So we don't want to belittle, scold, sarcasm, harm be too blunt, too harsh. We want to use it as a way to understand each other, to have empathy, grace, compassion, love, mercy in new and fresh ways. And we can only do that when we know ourselves better, but when we get to know the other personality styles better as well, Mm -hmm. and that can be challenging. And so at its root, if you just think about the Enneagram as an internal GPS, so you have your current location, which is your main Enneagram type. And the reason why I say your main type is because we use all nine types to varying degrees, but you have one that reigns supreme and that's your main type. So that's your current location. Now, each personality type has a desired destination, which is being your healthiest, truest self, right? And then there are many times, maybe it's just me though, as I know as a coach, it's not, that we veer off course (laughs) and we have to recalculate to get back on course What happens is we fall into these same common pitfalls time and time again, and I'm sure your listeners understand they could probably spout out five or six common pitfalls that they get frustrated with. Like, why am I here again?
0: Yes. Why am I doing this again? Or
1: why, yeah, why do I get in the same fight with so-and-so all the time? And the Enneagram is going to explain why and what's going on. But what's also really cool about the Enneagram is it's also like a rumble strip on the highway. You know, when you're falling asleep at the wheel, or hopefully you're not, but texting or Mm -hmm. anything that distracts you, you'll veer off course and land into that common pitfall. The rumble strip wakes you up before that happens. Now, if you're not even paying attention to the rumble strip, you are going to veer off course, but hopefully you are aware enough now to go Oh wait. That signals to me that I better be careful and get back on track. Yes. And that is what the Enneagram is going to do. It's going to let you know, as you start to veer off course, like for me as a type nine, there are certain things that I will start to do. One is over accommodating to people or trying to make everybody happy. Remind me what the type nine is. Yeah. I'm a peaceful mediator. Okay. Peaceful mediator. Yeah. And we're going to go through all that in a second, but I hate conflict. I just like tension or discord of any kind. I just want peace and harmony. Uh-huh. And I want to make sure everyone is happy. Well, on one side, that's really awesome and noble and good, yes, right? It is. <laughs> At the same time, that can be harmful. You know, right. Right? when you avoid conflict, you actually create conflict. Right. Now, so, so I have had to learn when I over accommodate and merge with others and lose myself, that is not helpful to me or others. Yes. So, when that starts to happen, there are certain things I've noticed that are like a rumble strip, and I can either ignore it and fall into that same pitfall, or I can become aware and go, Oh, wait, I'm accommodating too much. I'm merging with someone else's likes and desires and forgetting myself. Then wow. I can decide yeah. to come back into a healthier path and say, Well, it's good to be accommodating, but I also need to voice my desires and passions as well, equally. Right.
0: I love that you're giving, and sorry to, to interrupt, I, no. I love that you give these amazing, these tools. The Enneagram is such a tool, a tool to live yes. your life better. And yes. I think a lot of people, they see these types of things as hocus pocus, like, oh, what do you mean a test is gonna tell me the type of person that I am? But man, when mm-hmm. I took this test, It was so dead on for me in certain parts. And and the thing that I might note too, and from what I've read about the Enneagram is there's a good version and there's a bad version Mm -hmm. of not good and bad, but there's a healthy version of your number and there's an unhealthy version. And so you're talking about like all of these tools when you're on your way to the unhealthy version of your number here's your rumble strip. I love yeah. how you say everything and how you've been explaining it. I, I love this so much that, so my husband was waiting to come on at the end, but I just sent him a message. and was like, Kyle, this is so good. You have to come in here and listen to this. <laughs> Oh, that's like, awesome. <laughs> she's so yeah. good. So he's just now getting on right now where he contributes to, at the end. But, but yes, I love it. How you just, just put that in and how you can really utilize this as an amazing tool to, to live your life. Well, it seems like The Enneagram can really be used in parenting, in career, in Mm -hmm. careers, in relationships, all of these things that you talk about in your content. And I'm just so excited to dive into those today. So before we get started, can you briefly mention about, if you were finished just a while ago, I'm sorry, because I interrupted because I got so
1: excited. Yeah, no, Um, I think that was great. I think people got a good gist of, you know, at its basic core, what the Enneagram is as in a internal GPS, a rumble strip, and it's also like a flashlight. It illuminates your heart condition. Are you healthy, average, or unhealthy? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to use it to condemn yourself. That will only make you, you know, spiral even further down. Now, we as humans naturally go there, but part of growing and maturing is recognizing that we can see our weakness and frailties and just Absolutely. own it. And then just grow from that place. Now, what I want to just kind of like throw out there ahead of everything is so that if people come to your or buy my books, which of course I would love, I want them to know ahead of time that I lead from a Christian perspective. Which I um, love about. You. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the niche I'm in, but we won't do much of that here. We're kind of doing it kind of from a neutral standpoint, which is great too. But I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. So if people were to buy a book, they're not like, wait,
0: hey, that's not. What yes, I, I think that's important. Yes. And or maybe
1: they're looking for that.
0: Yes, I, I do want you to kind of talk about how that, you know, how you can approach the Enneagram and it kind of from a Christian standpoint, I, mm-hmm. I would love to to ask a question about that. And, and that's awesome. I'm glad that you mentioned that. And that's part of why I really love your content the most is your Christian spin mm-hmm. on everything. So, yeah, we'll keep it more neutral today because I just want to dip our toes into the Enneagram, yes. assess yes. ours here and talk about talk about this because it can be a really, really amazing tool for a lot of people listening to this. And do you have an assessment on your website, actually? Because people are going to be like, oh, people may be wanting to pause this podcast
1: right now and be like, I got to take my test real quick. Hang on. Yes. Okay. So obviously the big question is, how do I find my type? And there's, you know, several ways that you can do that. An assessment, a good assessment can be helpful, but what I want to say is no matter what assessment you take out there, mine included at your it's in the upper right hand corner, there's a yellow button, it's only to guide you to find your type. It's not the definitive word. And the reason is the Enneagram is explaining why you do what you do. So these tests are trying to pull out and to assess why you do what you do. But if you don't know yourself well, you're not going to take the assessment very well. Correct. So when you get your scores and mine lays out a percentages of your, of the nine types, use that as a guiding post to lead you in investigating more those top three or four numbers and then land on your main type. And how you want to do that is you want to look at the core motivations for all nine types. There's four core motivations. There's the core fear, which you're always running away from or trying to prevent the core desire. If I have this then my life will be perfect. Basically Mm -hmm. the core weakness, that's your Achilles heel, the thorn in your side, the thing that's constantly tripping you up. Then there's the core longing. This is the central message that your heart has always longed to hear. And you're trying to get it from parents, teachers, bosses, coaches, friends, spouses, et cetera. And when they don't give it to us, we start to kind of punish them or judge them. But when we realize that is not their ultimate role. Now they can participate, but at least from our Christian perspective, we believe God fulfills that for us. And so we want to look at those core motivations to find your main type, because those core motivations is why you do what you do. And so you can also get a free download. I'm going to kind of go over it here today. You can get this download at your Enneagramcoach.com forward slash core motivations. And it's free, but you'll kind of hear me go over it here as well on all nine types. Good deal.
0: Okay. So on to the non-types. So if you are just now rejoining us, let's briefly go through the non-types. So Kyle and I are both on here. We, before we start the type, so you've mentioned you're a nine, Mm -hmm. I am a three, a three wing two in particular, as is my husband, literally the exact same as me, which I've read online and heard from other people that that's pretty rare to have the exact same. So it's very interesting. So I'm excited to hear what you say about that. But yeah, let's start with number one then.
1: Let's go for it. Okay. So the type one is the moral perfectionist. Now, remember, this is all about why you do what you do. If you think about cleaning a home, like we all want to clean home, you might do the same thing, but why you do it is going to be very different. Mm -hmm. So when I'm going through these, just realize this is why they do what they do. So the core fear of the type one, the moral perfectionist is that they fear being wrong, bad, evil, inappropriate, unredeemable, or corruptible. They desire to have integrity, to be good, balanced, accurate, and right. And okay. understand them more clearly is to see their core weakness of resentment. Now for them, see what they're doing is they're repressing their anger that leads to continual frustration and discouragement. Because they're dissatisfied with themselves, others, and the world for not being perfect. Now, here's why. The type ones have a one loud inner critic that is constantly pointing out to them, really through assaults Mm -hmm. of what is inadequate or wrong or imperfect. And that loud inner critic is constantly berating them and is very oppressive. And it won't let up until these things are fixed. Wow. And so when you understand that you can have compassion and empathy for the struggles that they go through, instead of being like, why are they being critical right now? Or why are they judging me? Well, maybe it's because they're being berated so hard internally, it's spilling out. Makes and sense. And so, yeah, to move forward to them can, can really show compassion and to see how you can help them as well. Now, what they long to hear is you are good. Okay. Now our type two is a supportive advisor. Now this is your wing and we won't get into all of that, but the wings are the two numbers on either side of your main type. So for you, that would be two and four. So this kind of flavors kind of like salt and pepper. It flavors your personality style. So it has some meaning to you. Okay. So now the type twos, this isn't your main type. Now the type for you, (laughs) for other people, it is my daughter is a type two. Okay. Okay. Their core fear is being rejected and unwanted, being worthless, dispensable, and unworthy of being loved. What they desire is to be appreciated, loved, and wanted. Now, to understand them is to understand their core weakness of pride. See, this is where they deny their own needs and emotions while they focus on the needs and emotions of others and then confidently insert their helpful support in hopes that others will say how grateful they are for their thoughtful care.
0: <laughs> if that hasn't described me at different points in my life to different extents, I don't know what does. And mm. parts of that have been crippling to me yes. before. Yeah. So I absolutely can understand those things. So
1: keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And what the twos are longing for, what they're longing to hear is you are wanted and loved. See the twos think it's a give to get system. I cannot be loved unless I'm selfless and give and support others. Mm -hmm. Then I can be loved. What they really long is to be wanted and loved for simply being them. Yes. Which is very similar to the three. So we'll get into the three now. The type three is a successful achiever. They fear being exposed or thought as incompetent, inefficient, or worthless. And they fear failing or not being successful. What they desire is to have high status and respect, to be admired, successful, and valuable. But to understand them is to really understand their core weakness of deceit. Now, deceit for them is really they're deceiving themselves into believing they're only the image they present to others. Mm. And so they need to embellish the truth. So that others will see this polished persona and others will admire that persona. Sound true?
0: Yes. Well, there so I have been that the unhealthy version of the three before. And you know, if everyone on this podcast probably knows my story of I was a crippled perfectionist. Mm. I literally almost lost my life over wanting to outdo my last achievement, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. to literally give so much to other people because I could not tell anyone no, because I was afraid of what they would think of me. Yes. But I was literally going to let myself go onto a path of destruction and death. And when I say destruction and death, I really mean those words. Yeah. Like it was that yeah. bad. I was so, so deep into that, that it mm-hmm. almost like, it did, it ruined my life, but it became like my Mission in my, yeah, you know, now I'm part of my platform, and so now I feel that I'm a healthier version of mm-hmm. a three, and exactly. the three wing two. I've mm-hmm. read, you know, it's so funny. It's like that is the motivator, and that's the charmer, mm-hmm. and that's the. I think I was reading some of the people that are three, three wing twos, and they're all the people that I look up to and admire, like mm-hmm. Oprah and um, mm-hmm. all of these really amazing people. So. Yes, it's just it's really cool to hear you say that because man, I've been I have yes. been both versions of that,
1: and well, and that's yeah. where so threes, you know, think of like for those that are used to like say football, there's an analogy that idiom that says you're as good as your last kick for the place kickers, mm-hmm. yeah. and that is the same thought pattern as a three, but it's I'm as good as my last success, wow. or my last check off on a box, you know, the checklist. So they're excited that they checked it off, but they have to immediately go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it's all about what do others think? And so for threes, they feel the need to tell others what they've achieved because, well, how could you love me if you don't know what I just did? And now others might be like, Why are you telling me all your stuff, you know, like all your successes? But the threes like, but if I don't, how do you, how do you know to love me or like me? And so what the three really longs to hear is you are loved for simply being you. You don't have to achieve anything to be loved. And that's really hard to swallow, isn't it? I mean, it's what you want, but it's like, how is that even possible? Does that feel true?
0: I mean, I, if, if you knew my story in and out and like the story that I tell, it is so true. Kyle was just shaking his head. Yes. The whole time Mm. you were saying that because I used to lead every conversation with every person that I met with my titles, with the things that I had accomplished. Yes. And I hung on to these things and I did things in my life to simply have the thing to say to people. I literally got my pilot's license, my student pilot's license in college, just to say like, I could fly a plane, no passion about it or anything, just to like all these resume builders. And sometimes people would be like, hi, you know, what's your name? And I would literally lead with, I would find a way to weave in that I'd done Miss America and the amazing race and all these things. Mm -hmm. And that became something that when I went through a tough time in my life, I had to strip down that need to tell people that because I always thought, well, why would they want to, why would they want to be around me then if they didn't know these things about me? Like why would they not want to be friends with just some other human off the street? If I was just like some normal version of a person, like I was just so out of my mind, blinded by those things. So that rings so true to me.
1: And that's where I, I, as an Enneagram coach, when I'm coaching people or they go through my online coaching courses or books, it's all about how to help them to see how, They're hardwired with their personality to think certain patterns when they're struggling, but also how we'll think certain patterns when we're healthy. And so that's where I'm really passionate about helping people to develop those rumble strips so that as you, because you're throughout life are going to ebb and flow through life. When you start to think again, at some point I need to accomplish this, or I need to do this, that can be your rumble strip of like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is not true anymore. I know that stuff, it feels true, but it's not true. Yeah. And that's where then you course correct and get back on your best path and being more real and authentic and the true version of yourself, which is so hard. Growth is so hard, but you've already experienced that freedom. So now it's easier for you to go, hold on. I don't need to go down that old path. I can stay on this new path. It's hard, but it's still really good. And so that's what I'm passionate about as well.
0: Awesome. Yeah, because whenever I hear you say that about the the threes being the person that the image that they portray to other people, that they are so caught up in that, it's really, I'm in the time in my life after kind of going through everything that I've been through in my life, where I really feel like it it's the closest matching that it's been. Now, I lose my mind some days and cannot take my own advice about living fully, but I mm-hmm. feel like my life is is very in line with the persona that I am online. For, and mm-hmm. and it took a long time to, to get there for me.
1: Yeah, so. and that, see, that's the beauty of the three, okay? So we can't get into all the nuances of the Engram. It gets really deep and kind of rich and complicated. But when a three is growing, they're going to move to the the healthy parts of type six, because your line is connected to it. I know people are like, what are we talking about? But just trust me. And so the three, when they move into the healthy parts of six, you don't become a six, you're still a three. You are going to now achieve for others. It's now oh, not wow. just me, it's for us. It's for we. And I bet you found that you feel the most healthy when you are accomplishing for the betterment of others. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so um, you can stay on that best path because now you know what it is. You felt it. You've seen it. It makes sense. And so that's where the enneagram becomes really dynamic when you not just learn about the overarching part of your type, but when you get into some of the nuances, which is what we'll talk about later. Is the the journals that I've come out with the enneagram collection? I'm going to take you through all these little parts of the enneagram, make it easy for you to understand, so that you completely know. What is a path you don't want to go down? And what is the path you do want to go down?
0: Okay. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I just like, yeah. love this. I just want to talk to you all day. <laughs> but I know that everybody listening to this is not going to be a three. So let's, right.
1: we'll go on to the fours. So the four is the romantic individualist and they fear being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, defective, and inefficient. Now they desire to be unique, special, and their most authentic self. But to understand them is to really understand the struggle with envy, For them, they feel that there's something tragically flawed and missing inside them, and that others possess the qualities that they lack. So for them, they have lots of emotions. It's like a tsunami of emotions that come over them. And they're very aware of what the emotions are, and what they're feeling, and what their desires are. But they fear that there's something defective and flawed. Think about. When you do a puzzle and you get to the very end and there's that missing piece, it's so frustrating and discouraging, right? You're like, yes. it's been so great. <laughs> ah, that's how they feel about themselves. There's something missing, something defective wow. and flawed. But they look at everyone else and they don't see those flaws. They see that others have things that they think they're lacking in. And so when you understand how each of us have these kind of Achilles heels, these weaknesses it gives you compassion. Like we each have glorious moments about ourselves, but we all have our own struggles. Now for them, they long to hear you are seen and loved for exactly who you are, special and unique. They often feel that people don't understand them and therefore they can't be loved because they don't understand them. And so they really want to know that people do get them at some level. Okay. Did I
0: cut you off from number three saying what they long to hear the end pieces?
1: No, we talked about you are loved for simply being you. You don't have to perform. I got so
0: excited about it that I couldn't remember. Okay. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So, the type five is the investigative thinker, and they fear being annihilated, invaded, being thought as incapable or ignorant, and having obligations placed on them to the point where they're going to experience catastrophic depletion. Now, they desire-tough way to live in the world. Yeah. (laughs) They desire to be capable, competent, knowledgeable, and insightful. But to understand them is to understand their core weakness of avarice. Now, avarice usually means greedy with money. That's not what this means. Avarice here means that they feel that they lack inner resources and that too much interaction with others will lead to that catastrophic depletion. So they're going to withhold themselves from contact with others in the world and minimize their needs so that they are not depleted. Now, to understand that, because a lot of us, you know, that are, let's say, more people oriented, and they're people oriented, but what you have to understand is Think about a, an extrovert as a cell phone with a Mophie case, you know, an external case that you hit the button and all of a sudden they get charged up. Uh-huh. That's what it's like to be an extrovert and being around people. An introvert doesn't have a Mophie case on it, but they can last, let's say three-fourths of the day, and then they got to go plug in. Uh-huh. A five is like someone who has been plugged in all night, but they wake up every single day with only 20 to 25% interactive battery life. Wow. So they have to ration out their day. So if you feel a pushback or boundaries, it's for reason. They have to ration out. And so if you intrude on their privacy or have a big surprise or put huge obligations on them, that depletes their battery. Just like if I took your phone and started streaming something live.
0: Wow. What a a great way to describe that. That makes so much sense. Okay. It
1: does. And so then if you have a five in your life, you can say, Hey, where's your battery life at right now? I want to go out and hang out, but maybe you need some time to recharge. Where are you at? And that's just really helpful to understand the type fives in your life. Awesome. The type six is the loyal guardian. They fear being without support, guidance, security, being blamed and targeted and definitely being abandoned. They desire security, guidance, and support. Now, to understand them is to understand their core weakness of anxiety. Now, everyone can be anxious, but they scan the horizon to try to predict and prevent negative outcomes, especially worst-case scenarios. Ooh. And so to understand them is, you know, we talked about type 1s having one loud inner critic. Mm-hmm. The 6s have an inner committee. That's constantly chiming in from all different directions. Well, what about this? What about that? Did you think about this? What about that? This could happen, but that could happen too. Mm -hmm. And so it creates a lot of indecisiveness and confusion. So they look outside themselves to trusted people or trusted belief systems that will guide them. And what they long to hear is you are safe and secure. And that's the type six. Yeah, that's the type six. So we've got three more to go. I think I know a lot of sixes. (laughs) So
0: I would like to thank my sponsor today, Smart Cups. We talk about Smart Cups all the time because we love Smart Cups. And they would make an amazing stocking stuffer. Whether you have a college student, whether you have a person that's a little bit burnt out at work, whether you have a busy spouse, gift this to your spouse for the holiday and see how much they love it. So go to SmartCups.com. It's the most amazing energy drink, five calories, No carbs, no sugar. It's literally a no-brainer if you have a busy person in your life. We love these in our home. We started buying them about a year ago, and we are obsessed. When we run out, it is an emergency. (laughs) So go to smartcups.com, enter the code Mallory20 for a discount, and try these out. You will not regret it. I've been listening to you on all these other podcasts and, and just through different channels and you're like, don't label each other. Don't label, say, oh, yeah,
1: you're yeah, your but you're, I am. Dude. It's hard. It's, it's hard, hard, hard not to, but the reason why we don't want to label others is because this is people's internal motivations. And so we might guess, but we really don't know until they right. tell us.
0: Because um, you only see what's on the outside. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, the type sevens are the entertaining optimists, and they fear being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, delimited, bored, and definitely missing out on something fun, so the true FOMOs of the world. They are desiring to be happy, fully satisfied, and content. Now, to understand them is to understand the quaintness of gluttony. Now, this isn't just about food. This is where they feel that there's an emptiness inside and that they have this insatiable desire to fill themselves up with experiences, fun, stimulation, and hopes that they can finally feel completely satisfied and content. But think about them as having an empty bucket inside. You know, you're trying to fill it up. Well, it has holes in it. So the more they try to fill, 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 the more it empties out and the more they feel frustrated and dissatisfied. Now, you won't usually see that too much on the outside. They're very fun-loving, optimistic people. But you'll see them bouncing from thing to thing to thing to thing even more. And the faster they bounce around, the more they feel that they're starving inside for that insatiable desire. Now, what they long to hear is you will be taken care of. See, no one's ever been able to fully satisfy that inner core, even their parents or other people. And so they feel like it's up to them to figure it out. But they would love to know that someone can come to them and say, no, I'll take care of you. And then our type eights are the protective challengers, and they fear being weak, powerless, harmed, controlled, and left at the mercy of injustice. And what they desire is to protect themselves and their small inner circle. And to understand them is to understand lust or excess. See, they constantly desire intensity, control, and power. And you'll see them kind of pushing themselves willfully in life and even through people to get what they desire. But I want to explain it a little bit further because a lot of people misunderstand it. They see these as the blunt, straightforward, say it like it is people that maybe they feel harmed by, but I want them to see behind that strong exterior. See, eights are like huge snowplows, like up in the north. You know, mm-hmm, you see those big mm-hmm. diesel snowplows. They're not the Ford pickup trucks with a shovel on the front. These are these huge diesel snowplows, which is amazing because they plow a path for us when no one else can. Wow. And we need that. But if you're on the side of the road or in front of them, that's not going to feel too good. But the snowplow has a purpose and a desire to get it done. And so what we need the eights to do is to see those around them and say, hey, I got this for you. Get behind me. That is a huge plus for us. So the one I, I show as an example, even though we didn't ask him, so this is just a guess, is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He plowed the path for the civil rights movement. Uh-huh. There are a lot of people in it, but he took on the blunt force, you know, right. the opposition. Yeah, And so- I want people to see a healthy version of an eight that can plow a path for others.
0: Okay. That's a great example. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. What their heart longs to hear is you will not be betrayed. They're constantly assessing who is going to blindside them or betray them. And then last but not least my type, the type nine, the peaceful mediator, we fear. And I've kind of said this earlier, conflict, tension, discord, losing connection and relationships to others. So we just desire inner stability and peace of mind. But to understand us is the core weakness of sloth. Now, this isn't a physical laziness, but we do like our cozy comforts. This is where we remain in kind of in an unrealistic or idealistic world where we want to keep the peace, be easy going, everything's going to be fine. But what happens is we fall asleep to our own passions, abilities, and desires wow, yeah. so that we can merge with others, but it creates a false peace. And so that Basically what I tell people, it's like we live with an internal fog. And so if you were to ask me right now, like, hey, Beth, let's go out to dinner tonight. I'm like, sure, where do you want to go? Or you you may say to me, where do you want to go? And I'm always going to say, I don't know, where do you want to go? Yes, yes. (laughs) Because either I don't know, which is very true for a nine, or if I do know and I were to say, let's go to Chinese. If you were to say, "Uh, I don't know, to me, that feels like conflict. And I would have rather you said first what you want, and I would go along to get along. And that's a typical nine. We just don't know ourselves very well because we've accommodated to other people our entire life. Yeah. What we long to hear is your presence matters. We think that our presence and voice doesn't really matter. And so we hide in the background or we're softer or quieter than most types. And our growth path is really learning that no, my presence matters and I need to be more assertive. Wow. you all the nine types.
0: Yeah, you've clearly, you've grabbed a hold of that one. I mean, your presence certainly Matters. Aww. You can really tell. I, I'm. I, it makes me so excited to hear you talk about all of these types. And I know naturally, you know, anyone listening to this podcast and you know, look at how excited I got when you started talking about mm. the threes and the three in my wing. It's so exciting yes. to hear what type am I, and it, I feel like it, it. It can really just, it can really be a light that shines within you, and and mm. understanding why you do certain things because. As people, we can just really beat ourselves up over, A, doing the same thing over and over again, or having these flaws, or not feeling adequate in certain areas. And what I love about the Enneagram is it's such a positive thing. It's such a positive tool. Or if you Mm -hmm. choose to look at it like that, it can be
1: such a positive tool, I feel like. and Absolutely. Yeah. We all need to use it, like I said earlier, correctly. You know, we don't want to use it as a sword or shield to ourselves, you know, a sword to ourselves or others. We wanna be kind and compassionate and understanding that's where real growth and transformation will take place.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Wow. I, I just love it. How you said that. And and one of our babies is awake. So Kyle, I'm going to go ahead and do the Kyle and I, the relationship segment here right now, because uh, okay. this is life. <laughs> so I really love, you know, we talk a lot about relationships on the podcast and yes because relationships and the people that you choose to spend your life around, it's one of the most important decisions that you're going to make in your life. And right. What I love and what you've been saying as we've been on this podcast so far is, you know, this Enneagram can really help you understand other people and understand Mm -hmm. and be compassionate towards other people and and understand why certain people may need you to back off of certain things or help them along with certain things. And I really love that. So, you know, I I encourage everyone to pick up your book that you've written because it's going to dive into relationships within Enneagrams. But since Kyle and I are on here right now, Yeah. Because we are both the three wing two. I've been doing some research on this and I had another Enneagram specialist that was telling me like all these things about two, three wing twos together and how you can focus so much on work and achievement together. And you can really be the dream team, but Mm -hmm. how you can put your, toss your relationship aside because you're so excited about work or, you know, how, Sometimes they don't ask what they want from each other, you know, all these different things. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted you briefly to, you know,
1: is there any thoughts that you have on that? Yeah. So our book Becoming Us is a great book just as a marriage understanding as a whole. It also will go through communication styles, conflict styles, Mm -hmm. childhood patterns, and becoming your best selves together through the lens of the Enneagram. And it's for anyone who's a new person in the Enneagram all the way through Well-Versed. But the second half of the book is a deeper dive or roadmap to all nine types. And they're all color-coded, so you can go straight to your number, your spouse's number, your friend's number, your co-worker's number. And you'll learn more about that type in just six pages, because it's all bullet points. It's really pithy and great. And so if it's like, why did you know he do that? You can kind of look and, oh, that's what's going on. And so it gives you some really good tips. But for those that want to go deeper than that, we have a course for all 45 couple types. So even for you double types, which is you guys, threes and threes, I take it even step further and I really show what we call the dance. And that is where you have your core motivations, which I just went over in the center of the infinity loop, right? So in those little holes in the infinity loop and in those core motivations, when you get activated, that's, if there's a line that goes horizontal through the infinity loop below that line is your heart condition. You get activated, but what you see above the line is your behaviors, right? So let's say you get activated, Mallory. Let's say Kyle does something that affects your image, right? That it wasn't successful or it made you look bad. That's pretty
0: common, actually.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's going to activate your core motivations as a three, right? Mm -hmm. But outwardly, you might display certain behaviors that will then activate his heart. So then you go down to the infinity loop on his side and all of a sudden his core motivations are being activated. Let's say maybe you get, you get upset with him and you get a little short with him. Well, then he's feeling like he's failed at something and that's going to activate him. And then his behaviors come out and maybe he'll do something And around and around this infinity loop or the stance goes. And so in our course, we actually dive into when you are average or misaligned or when you are healthy. And so we'll take any given situation and show what it looks like when you guys do the dance in a not so great way and how you can change it into a healthy dynamic. Now, again, our courses are through a Christian perspective. So Mm -hmm. we're really showing people how God answers these core motivations and desires we have and how Believing and resting and trusting what he has done for us transforms how we relate to our spouse or a friend or a coworker in a new way. And so, for you guys as double threes, let's say he does that, you know, he does something that kind of looks bad on you and he didn't mean to. Now you understand, okay, that totally activated my heart and I feel exposed. I feel, you know, seen as inadequate or unsuccessful. And I really want to say something. But I also know that that could reflect back on him in a way that makes him feel like a failure. And that's something I don't want to do because I know he didn't intend for it to happen. So all of a sudden you can pivot and change how you're going to talk to him. And you start to talk to him in a way that lands on his three heart in a way that's like, hey, honey, I know that you totally meant for that to go well. And it didn't. And it kind of landed on me in a way that activated my heart. As you know, being a three too, I feel exposed. I know you didn't mean to. But next time, could you maybe do it this way or that way? That would really be beneficial, and that could that reassures him that you see him, you know him, you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. But you also needed to say what needed to be said, and then he can come back around. And if he knows your heart well, he can then you know reaffirm and, and reassure you of who you are, and around and around that more healthy dance can go. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, I was getting ready to say, what does the healthy dance look like? What were you getting ready to say, Kyle?
2: Yeah, it just sounds like. For this to be impactful, you have to be very self-aware and very yes. present in the moment to catch yes. yourself kind of falling into those cycles. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's where it all hinges on self-awareness and self-growth because I can never make anyone else change, right? We've all tried to change others, yes. <laughs> but that doesn't work. And so whether it's my kids, my coworkers, my spouse – Of course, I want them to transform and change and be healthier, but I can only control myself. Even if they continue in unhealthy patterns, which is going to be a real struggle, no matter what, I still have choices that I can make to walk in the healthiest manner as my healthy type and not be so dependent on others becoming whatever they need to become. Now, of course I can encourage them, but yes, it's the biggest thing is using the Enneagram as that rumble strip on the highway. So as soon as my heart is activated, so for me as a type nine, here's a great example. When I'm at the kitchen table with my husband and my two adult kids, I've got, my husband's a six, my son's a six, and my daughter's a two. They all enjoy lively conversation. <laughs> they, I call it debates or intense conversation. They're like, we're just talking. But as a nine, what it feels like to me, think of, About a two liter Coke that has a lid on it. And when they're having a heated discussion, even though they're enjoying it and they don't feel like it's a fight, it feels like someone is shaking up that internal Coke inside me. And it feels like something's going to explode. And I'm like, I need to get out of here. It's so uncomfortable, the (laughs) pressure. And they're like, mom, we're fine. This is great. And I'm thinking this feels terrible, you know, but here's the thing. I need to be aware that I'm feeling that. That doesn't mean they are. Now, of course, families can have where it really does blow up and there is tension and there is discord, but we've been able to talk about it in a way that I can tell them, I am feeling the tension in the room, but are you guys okay? And if they're like, yeah, we're just having a good time, then it's, it's on me to either sit and deal with it or to nicely say, Hey, I want you guys to enjoy this. I think I'm going to go in the other room because it still lands on me in a way that's hard. Right. I've tried to sit here, but you guys are doing great. Let me remove myself or I can sit here and just allow you guys to enjoy each other. Now, there are other times where maybe I am struggling just, you know, as we do, we have days where we're struggling. I can ask them, Hey guys, I know you're doing fine, but I'm just having a bad day. Could you maybe have a light, more lighthearted conversation that will impact me in that way? Yeah. But see, I'm still owning my own stuff. I'm, I'm giving clarity to my own heart and I'm asking them to join with compassion and understanding. And that's where you can have life changing relationships, that you're not just pointing out everyone else's faults and blaming yes. them for everything. Now, of course we want to give clarity, Hey, I noticed this, you know, would you mind changing that? So there, we definitely want others to grow, but if we do our own work, others will follow. Hopefully not, hundred percent of the time. But I, I know my husband usually is the one that leads the way in growth yeah. and repentance and asking for things, clarity. And I've seen that and I'm like, wow, that's really amazing. I want to follow. And our kids have followed in the same on the same path. But we still have our struggles. Don't get me wrong, people. Yes. But this is really, a daily work.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and so I,
2: funny. It reminds me of I enjoy listening to talk radio. And I enjoy watching the news and I'll have the news on and people will be going back and forth and it stresses Mallory out completely. Mm. But I don't. I just don't
0: want the constant noise all the time. Like, yeah, it's
2: so funny. I can, it doesn't bother me. If I hear something yeah. I disagree with, it just doesn't register on an emotional level. I just, mm. it, it's funny, Mal, she, she cannot <laughs> sit and watch it. And it kind of resonated from what you were saying earlier.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, and two, like the, you know, I was like, why do you want to hear people talk about a football game that already happened? It's not going to make a difference. Like it's over, it's <laughs> over. The kick happened, yeah. the throw happened, it's all, it's done. And he's yeah. like, I just enjoy hearing them debate it. And I was like, okay, that's yeah. what you want to do with your time. But it's, I really love like what you were what you were just saying. And hey, wouldn't it be awesome if we could be like everybody in my family? Please take the enneagram before the holidays this year. Yes, so we can understand what's going down with Uncle John.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly, Susie,
0: You know, and because I mean, what in the world be a better place if we could all just understand yeah. why people are doing the way the things that they're doing instead of just looking at and be like, well, they're messed up because they're not they're well, just think,
2: different yeah and also I feel like it helps from these conversations kind of a larger topic goes to codependency yes, and we yes. get a lot of messages on that and I feel like this yeah. help with that help people identify to what that is how it impacts mm-hmm. their life and other lives and other people's lives that they care about and just mm-hmm. I don't know if you can really dive into that I feel like yeah
1: well I mean and that's what's really interesting about codependency because I've I've done my own work on my own codependent tendencies, but the cool thing, I mean, it's not really cool, I guess, but it's interesting that all nine types can be codependent. And a lot of people will be like, what? You think eights can be codependent? I'm like, oh yes, absolutely. They just do it in their own way. Right. It can almost look opposite of what we think of codependency, but they can still be ruled by what people are thinking or doing, but it just looks very different. And so- that's what's so great about the Enneagram is you take any subject and you just need to nuance it down into the different types. So for instance, you know, Mallory, you do a great job by showing people how to have this full life. Well, what's really cool is that all the nine types have a different way to a full life. Now, in the belief that we have as Christians, Christ ultimately is that full life, but he created us differently and uniquely. And so as for me as a type nine, As I was talking to you about moving to type six, remember when I was saying to, Mm -hmm. to not just be about me, it's a we, well, for me as a type nine, I'm connected to your type as a three. Now I don't want to become a three because I can't, I'm a nine, but I take on the healthy aspects of the three. So nines who. We don't know ourselves very well. We don't have goals and passions because we just merge with others. Well, actually, the healthy path for me is to know myself, my passions, my desires, and to develop myself and become the thing that God has called me to become. And that has been my work with your Enneagram coach. Now, it is a really hard path because as a nine, I'm like, man, this is hard. Can I just like stop (laughs) for a second? Now, a three is like, yeah, let's go, 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 you know. So what's hard for me is the air you breathe. But what can be easy for me and just being grounded and just being me and being real and in front of every, like, just like, Hey, let's just be, that's really hard for you. So that's where we have compassion (laughs) for one another. Like, Oh, what's easy for me is hard for you. And so as you're doing your podcast and for your listeners to recognize, yeah, there might be a day in the podcast that you'll say something that's like, Oh my gosh, that seems impossible. And for them, it might be for their personalized style, but then you'll have another podcast where we're like, Oh. Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah. And it's just that we're all made differently. We have our strengths and our weaknesses. And that's really the beauty of having so many differences here in life, because we can strengthen one another.
0: Yes. And isn't that the truth? That that is truly the beauty. Is it truly can be a strength? And you know, speaking of something that you just said, and before Kyle gets off here, I want to ask this question because he always is looking at me like what what are you doing whenever i do this so that's where i feel like our three wing twos can be a little bit different because with me i will achieve 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 go 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 task 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 and sometimes i'm i'm okay but sometimes i get so in a tornado in my mind about tasks and about not having enough time and about not being able to be a present enough mom because I have all these tasks and about you don't understand how much I'm doing, you know, is that a part of my, of my three Mm -hmm. and what can I do, you know,
1: to, to help with that? Yeah, absolutely. So when people get the Enneagram collection journal for their type, they'll see that there are, like I talked about the nine pointed star and the stars have lines that connect, you know, the whole thing. You are connected to nine and and six and nine and six have a big impact on your type. Now, what's interesting, and they'll have to get the journal to learn more is that with Kyle, you're going to demonstrate some of the average, the unhealthy aspects of six. Now, remember, we were just talking about how you go there in growth, which is true. But with your closest family and friends, you're going to show some of the average, the unhealthy aspects of six, which is now you won't do this with everyone else in the world, but with him, you're going to be anxious. You're going to talk about the things that you're frustrated about, irritated about things that got to get done. Your mind will start racing. Does it sound familiar?
0: Yes. And only with him.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. 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 And that because as the three in with everyone else, you're so afraid to be exposed for those anxieties you put on a persona to show you've got it all made. Now, a lot of the times threes really do know what to do and you can't achieve and get out there. It's when you come home and you recognize, whoo, oh my goodness, there's so much to be done. And there's that, you know, all of a sudden your mind can start going into that racing mind pattern and it's easier to show it to him then it would be to the whole world because the whole world would then know what you struggle with and therefore that's your core fear. Does that make right. sense?
0: Yes. And which I do sometimes show it to the world, which I, you know, yeah. I've done videos where I'm like literally crying to the camera, but I, yes, that mind racing mode, it, that so speaks to me a lot of
1: time. Yeah. Well, and, and when you did that, when you exposed, were you at a healthier place though?
0: When I showed those the vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. I'm in a very healthy place these days where I, yeah, I will show vulnerability a lot yes. uh, on Instagram stories and YouTube, but before, no way, yes, but I still get that like mind racing, mind racing, mind mm-hmm. racing, it's really it's a challenge, so, and Kyle also,
1: yes, so when you are going to Kyle with more of the irritations and the pessimism and the anxieties, that's different than being genuine and authentic. Actually, the healthiest part of a three is when you are one tapping into the healthiest part of nine, six, and three. So nine, you're being, you're just being, you're a human being versus a human doing. Mm -hmm. The six, you're for others, just And instead of just about your own glory Mm -hmm. and three is all about being genuine and authentic and real. And when you combine all three of those things together, it really is a remarkable place because others can see you paving a path, but with authenticity and realness. And it's, it's about them versus all about your own glory.
0: And I know that you felt that message feels, feels like whenever it's really aligned And that's what I feel like the majority of the time these days, that it is aligned. I've done a lot of work Mm -hmm. to kind of get here, but definitely get off track. And that's really Mm. interesting to, you know, I'm definitely getting the book on the trees because, (laughs) you know, I'm all about, I want to work on that. And I want to know what I can do when I start feeling the rumble strip. When I I start crossing over that, I would like to know, you know, what are the tools that I can use now? not to spiral out of control because it uses a lot of my energy too. And yes. lots of I don't have a lot of extra energy. Actually right. I have an yes. unexpendable, I have like I am overload energy. Sometimes I can't like turn the energy off. But yes. I would rather channel that energy into into good things and positive yes. things and get these tasks done. Sometimes these things that I worry about are the smallest things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they'll just wreck my well being. For mm-hmm. an hour or two.
1: so Yeah. But when it happens for both you guys to recognize, okay, so that's part of life. Because a lot of times what we do is we heap on self-condemnation or we hurt ourselves or blame ourselves or guilt. And that only wreaks more havoc. Whereas if we just see it for what it is and own it, we can then start to transform into the healthier parts. It's kind of like if you're driving down the highway and you feel that rumble strip, you don't want to jerk the wheel over the cliff, right? You want to slowly pull it back into alignment. And so we want to take the time to not heap more condemnation on ourselves. Let's just go, okay, so... With Kyle right now, I've been a little bit pessimistic. My mind is racing. Obviously, something is going on. How can I expend more compassion to myself? Am I overexerting myself? Am I too tired? Am I not delegating where I should be delegating? So there's so many things to kind of think through to get ourselves back to where we need to be. But if we just keep on the shame and self-condemnation, that only makes it worse. And so it's a real fine battle because I know we all, put ourselves down. It's just not helpful.
0: Yeah. It's so true. Awesome. Well, okay. Kyle, are you good to go?
2: Yeah. No, it was great. Okay.
0: We've got two babies downstairs just going crazy. We've got some help here, but yeah, he's going to go down, but I really appreciate him being on because what insight you've just given me into, especially into that piece. And I cannot imagine how much insight all of my listeners are going to gain from taking these courses and these tests on your website and kind of figuring themselves out. And Mm. you have got just a abundance of material on this. That is, it's super impressive as Mm, a person that's in the middle of this like kind of book thing right now. (laughs) And to have that many books, that's really awesome, Beth. And I feel, thanks. I just feel super grateful to have you on this today. And I would I would actually love to have you back. Yeah. Sometime. I love that. We've kind of today gone through why the Enneagram can be so important in the living fully mm-hmm. journey and, and why it can be so important in relationships in, in particular. And it's just really amazing. You are really mm-hmm. amazing and are changing lives every day, I'm sure. Yeah, so thank you and, so much. Of Of course. Thank you. And I want to be sure that, you know, in my show notes, I'm going to include all of your links and be sure that I include the link to your website with all of this amazing information and content and and your books and your Instagram and, you know, all of these things. But you did mention earlier that you do have a, a Christian spin to your content, mm-hmm. which I think is wonderful. And yeah. just in closing, because I know that's something that's really passionate to you. How do you feel like, the Enneagram is linked in like our, you know, our our walk and with our faith.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's It's really, for me, very important because the Enneagram can, like we've talked about, be very exposing. And when you get down to those less healthy attributes of our types, it can be really consuming for our minds and our souls, and it can be really discouraging. But what I tell people is the core longing that we have has been satisfied by Christ, who we believe is our Lord and Savior. So for instance, I long to hear that my presence matters. Mm -hmm. My husband could say that till he's blue in the face. Mm -hmm. And as humans, it's like, well, I believe you and I don't all the same time. Yes. But he's only a human. He's never, he wasn't designed to completely fulfill me, to completely satisfy me. Now he is designed to, to do it the best he can as a human, but he can never fully satisfy. So if I demanded it from him, I'm always going to be disappointed because he just can't do it to the degree I need. But when I think about what Christ has done, so when, I mean, he left his throne to be born a child, to live a hard life, to be beaten and to die and to rise again, all because he wanted me back in relationship with him. I do not know. What else can say that my presence matters? That is amazing. And so when I think about that, it centers my heart. It calms me down. And I feel this foundation under me that catches me. I feel loved. And it allows me to say, Okay. My voice and my presence do matter. I have something to offer. Now, even though my personality, the less healthy parts of my personality are going to throw a big old temper tantrum and try to convince me otherwise, I can rest assured in what God has done for me and move in a direction that feels uncomfortable, but I know it's good for me and his growth because what he did for me. And so that's really where I'm going to unfold a lot of that stuff for the people that want it from a Christian perspective. I'm going to show you how he has done so much for you that you can trust and rely on to bring growth and transformation in your life.
0: I love that. And what a beautiful way to close this podcast. Because here we are approaching Christmas and holiday season. And while some people might be listening to this and it's not the holidays, for the people that are listening to it before the holidays, what an amazing like reminder of of that you've Mm -hmm. just said. That's really awesome. So I can't thank you enough for coming on and spending your Friday night here with us. And I greatly, greatly appreciate this knowledge that you've given us on the Enneagram and just how it can help us to live our lives better. And I'm so excited to have brought this subject to my listeners today. It is fascinating, which is why it might be one of my longest podcasts I've ever done. But I mean, it's (laughs) really awesome. And I appreciate you so much taking the time. Sure. Um, Thank you so, so much.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it
0: awesome. Well, I'm going to be signing off of here. So thank you to everyone that's listened today. Be sure to tune in each Monday for more. So thanks so much, Beth.
1: Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin.
0: And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to
1: live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.